Jonathan told us what, because you know we've spoken at different places and we've we said, hey, what are you in the middle of? We don't want, we just want to support what you're doing. And so he told us what we what you guys were doing. And for me, speaking on worship dropped really quickly into my mind, which is really interesting. The fact that Jonathan's already done it. And so I want to sort of. It's just good to have somebody else explore this because in, in looking up and thinking about speaking on worship, when you look at scripture, like from, from the front page to the back page of the Bible, it's all about worship. Like it's happening all the time. Um, and so obviously from um, your series, uh, what I understand you're trying to do is to go, what are the, what are the core things that that we as God's church really need to continue to hang on to forever. Not just for this season, not just because it's winter. It's like we should always do these things. And no matter what the state of the church, where we are, what we're doing, da 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 we should always be having these things as a really central part of who we are as God's people. And so worship is is right there. And it makes positive sense that that we should continue to worship. And I feel like having just gone through uh, what you guys led us through tonight, I'm like, oh my goodness, you've just exemplified everything I want to talk about. And so, um, and so, sh- I want to share a few things, and then we're going to do something really crazy at the end. So. So I'm not going to tell you what that is. I just feel like God said, why don't you do this? And so, okay, that's cool. Let's do this. So um, the challenge we have is that um, uh, a guy, a hippie guy, um, you may remember who his name was because I've completely forgotten. Um, and no, 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 not that guy. Um he said, who, who do you worship? Do you worship the devil or do you worship? Oh, yeah, uh, the singer. Yes, singer. Yeah. Him. You'll... Sorry? No, 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 older than that. But, but he was a hippie, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. In that era. Okay, you'll, you'll just scream out his name at some point. So the whole issue is... You know, no, in his, in his realm, though... Um, who do we worship? The temptation we have in our world today is to let our worship of God fall away. Um, think about um, the temptations of Jesus just for a moment. Remember that he's just been, in a way, anointed to begin his ministry and the devil draws him out into the desert. And one of the questions he asked him is, if you worship me... I'll give it all to you. And so even for Jesus, that place was who will you worship? Will you worship God? Will God be on your throne or will you let me be on your throne? And so, Bob Dylan, there we go. Thank you very much. He said, who will you worship? I knew it would come, but he cheated. He looked at his phone. So it's only half a point. Um, so... The thing is, is that we, we live in this world where, where who we worship is going to constantly be challenged. So it's important for God that worship stays central. 
And um, I've said here, worship puts God on the throne. As we worship, we remind ourselves that God is on our throne. Like when we give our lives to the Lord, we invite God to be on our throne and replacing whatever else was there. Remember before you became a Christian, the other things that were on your throne? It could have been you, it could have been success, it could have been money, it could have been a whole bunch of the list that we sort of spiel about to say these are the things that prior to having God on our throne were the most important things in our world. And then God, when we realised we needed God, we said, God, come and be on our throne. Come and be my, we call him Lord, don't we? This sense of come and be my Lord, come and be in charge of my life. And so worship, in a way, reminds us who's on the throne. So a few things here. It keeps, worship keeps our attention on God and where it needs to be. Worship, it helps us to minimise the enemy's influence. And I say that intentionally because the enemy is prowling around. He's looking to distract us, to swap God out for something else. And so as we worship, we keep it basically says to the enemy, I'm sorry, God's on my throne, not you. Not these other things that you're trying to tempt me with. God's on my throne. It helps us to give honour, respect and thankfulness to where it should really be directed. And so it keeps us reminding to be thankful to God. And that's what I love about um, our worship leaders and the songs that they bring for us because it puts into words um, the things that we need to be reminded of, which I love. It helps lift our head to where the real strength and resources lie because sometimes the world will say, oh, no, 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 this will be enough for you. Get this and you'll be fine for your life. If you have this or you achieve this or you win this or you study and get this, that's all you need for a happy life. And worship reminds us that it's only in God. God is our enough. Yeah. And so that's what worship does. It directs my attention away from the worries of this world and focuses my heart and mind on the kindness, love and the presence of God who is with me. So it's interesting. Um, I want to read a quick passage from Scripture. Um, you remember that Jesus is coming from um, the Galilee down to Jerusalem and he intentionally goes via Samaria. It's the most direct route, but it's through Samaria, which is sort of a bit of a mm, for the for the Jewish people, and they prefer to go the long way to avoid going through Samaria. But Jesus intentionally goes through Samaria, and he comes to a well. Um, it's significant, and that's for another time. But he says here he meets, he sends the disciples into town to get some food, and a woman has come out in the middle of the day, and he has a conversation with a Samaritan woman, and. There's a lot more to this story, but it's really interesting that as he discourses with this lady, it's about worship. Um, and for Samaritans, they, they believed that they were to worship on a certain mountain. And for the Jews, they were to place their worship back in Jerusalem. And so there was this, you know, issue... <laughs> that was dividing these two groups of people about where you worship. And so Jesus says here from verse 22, it says, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. 
We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And he, he says before that, it's not about here or there. It's not about the location. It's not about that you worship in this place because it's a church. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. It's all about your heart. It's about what you bring. And that's what the Lord sees. And so the Lord, Jesus wanted to encourage this lady to not think that um, time or place mattered at all in terms of trying to honour God and to to connect with God, it was we connect with God when our heart connects with the Lord. And so um, our words of worship can be anywhere. They don't have to be here, but they can also be words. They can be songs. We can worship God in silence. We can worship God with um, signs of praise. Sometimes we lift a hand. It was so interesting for me, a story. Um, before I even connected with the vineyard, I was exploring this whole um, these Pentecostal churches that were beginning to s- uh, jump up. This is about thirty years ago, and I thought, "Oh, I'll, I'll sneak into one," and um, and I went to one that no one would know. And so I went in there, and these Pentecostal people, um, they lifted their hands in worship, and I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting," um, because I was good and I kept my hands down because that's what you should do. And um, so I go in and I sit down and they're doing their worship thing and, and they're all lifting their hands in the air and, and I'm going, I think I'm just going to try this thing, you know, this lifting my hands. And I, I was so nervous about lifting my hands, I closed my eyes because I didn't want to see myself lifting my hands. <laughs> now you're going, Phil, that is so stupid. And it was really stupid. But what it, what, what I was shocked to realise how um, self-conscious I was about how I looked. I thought, that's not, that's not right. I, I, don't, I don't come to God and go, have, have you got the right shoes on? Are you dressed all right now? You know, is your hair parted right? You know, it's not in any way about how we look before God. And yet for me in that moment, I realised something, how I had... I was more concerned about how I looked than how I worshipped. And so now worship is all sorts of stuff. It's lying on the ground, prostrate on the floor in church. It's jumping up and down. It's, it's just on our knees crying. Um, it's waving a flag. It's celebrating. And then there's also there's worship when it's, you know, you know how like even did, Tonight, you know, it's just the voices or it's just the music. Like it's all these things that allow us just to connect with God. So I love it. I love that our worship is joyful, it's lamenting, it's tearful. Well, what happens in worship? It's one of those funny things because as these guys prepare to worship, they've got a set of songs and sometimes you go, well, what happens in worship? Will we get through the set. And well, I want to suggest that there's uh, not that that's what you were thinking <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, but it's I feel like there's things that happen in worship, and I want to think it, I, I want us to think about these things because as we come to worship, 
um, a lot goes on. And um, anyway, let me go through. Firstly, um, we fight in worship. Now, you will remember Jericho, right? Um, the walls of Jericho. Remember that the Israelite nation were coming down into the promised land, into the place where God wanted them to be, and they come to this first city and it's well fortified. They've got walls and God says to them, what I want you to do is just each day go around and just celebrate. You know, blow the horn, do the whole thing around, and then on the last day you're going to do it seven times. And then they go, okay, this... This is how God takes cities. <laughs> um, so off they do. They go around. They they sing. They blow the, the the shofar, and they do it seven times. And on the seventh day, what happens? The walls just come down. So I, I guess I've realised that one of the things, and and often remember when they went to the war, uh, went to war. What out went out in front of them? This, you know, the the. Um, the box, the tabernacle, yeah, the box. <laughs> it's a bit more than the, the Ark of the Covenants is the official name. It would go before them as, in a way, as an act of worship, like we've got God front and centre as we go to war. And so I would like us to consider that when we worship, we are actually going to war, that we are fighting, in a way, the, the battles and you think about it, when you come to worship, sometimes you come here and you don't want to worship. And you've had a day, you've had a week, you've had a month, you've had a year where it's just been hard work and you've felt the attack and you come and you feel like, and the enemy's saying, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing? You think this is going to help you, huh? Sure. You know, dream on. All that you know, self-talk or the talk of the enemy and you realise, wait a minute, I'm going to war here. And so I want us to be aware that when we worship, we go to war because there's things that we face in battle. And so it's um, God showed us that in Scripture, that we in worship we can fight to bring down the enemy. The other thing is in worship we repent when we experience the power and the kindness of God, it leads us to a place of humility and repentance. You think about that. As we move towards the Lord, I've, I've always imagined this. For me, I'm quite visual. Um, if I had the, this as being God here and it was light and I'm sort of over here, and I'm sorry, I'm moving out of um, telegraph range. Um, as I move closer to the light... More is being exposed. You know, you know when you know that concept. The further away from the light, the darker it is. The, more, the closer you get, the brighter it is. And so, to some extent, the closer I get to God, the more my humanity is exposed. And so, as we worship, we are. If we are reminding ourselves who's on the throne, then there's going to be business that we may have to do in worship. Does that make sense? We come and go, Lord, I realize I'm getting I'm I'm moving into this place of intimacy with you. I'm moving closer to the light. I need to get down and just repent or or humble myself before the Lord. You know, one of those songs that we sing is that when we meet the Lord face to face, we'll be we will we be, you know, praising God or will be or will we be on our face? You know, the sense of 
humility that that we come to the Lord in as we move closer to him. And so I believe that worship is also a place where we repent. It is also, as I've just said, uh, we in worship, we enter into an intimate place with God. Um, as God's sons and daughters, the Spirit helps us to develop an increasingly intimate relationship with God. Um, it's like, you know, this whole sense of getting to a place where we're jumping up on Daddy's knee. And it's, it's an increasing place of intimacy, and God wants that. That's what um, I grew up in a church church family mum and dad loved the lord we went to church and we would do the go to church you sit down and you stand up you sing a hymn and then you sit down again and then there's a bible reading and then we stand up and we sing a hymn we sit down again and there's the announcements and we stand up again and we sing a hymn and and that's that was the culture i grew up with and so i and then i got to a place where i was doing the sort of crazy let's sing what else is out in the church world and they they did these blocks of worship and I just started to cry. And I just realised they were singing songs like Jesus was right there in the room. And I love that and it's interesting. I don't know whether your experience of even... And I found that in the vineyard. We've had people who have come to our church and they said, Phil, for the first two months I cried because I was coming into that place where that sense of proximity and intimacy with God was so tangible and so confronting, it just, it just got my heart and I, I wept because this was the first time I felt like God came so close. Um, such joy standing next to this man here, just holding him as we wept before God because isn't that a wonderful thing? And I, I think it's great when men cry. Because we don't always do it, do we, guys? We, we are a little bit more whatever. And getting to that place where our heart is open and we are just before the Lord, that is very profound and moving for us. So we enter in a place of intimacy. The next one is we hear God better. Um, Acts 13 verse 2, it says, While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. It was in worship that God spoke. And I believe God wants to do that. I believe that God is, for you guys, I just believe he's already doing it. He's speaking to you in worship. And sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's the verse isn't it, mate? Like, and I want to remind that it's it's sort of like um, you know how you can be reading the Bible and you've read the Bible a million times, um, and you go over this verse and it's just like it just goes off the page and hits you about here, and you're like, oh my goodness! And it's like God Himself has spoken these words to me today, and that's that's the amazing thing that God brings His. Um, kairos word, kairos meaning now word. Um, like it's not just, it's like the Bible, it's words on a page, but then God empowers our word and it goes boom. And it's like this is your word for today, for now. And God does that in worship as well, where God speaks to us. And so as we worship, it's like, Lord, what are you saying? Is it this verse, is it this line 
that just goes, and we need to hear it. Because I think there's things that God, it's in a way God is singing over us. And it says in scripture that God sings over us. And I actually believe that, like, like one of the things I think this gentleman here said, that, um, that it's better to worship together than by ourselves. Well, I think both are fantastic. But, but together, it's like we are singing over each other. And, um, you know, I don't know whether you've, uh, you've probably done this, where, you know, you've got the whole crowd singing um, and you just sort of stop singing and you listen to the others worshipping God around you and it's like they're singing over you. And I actually feel like that's a gift that we can bring each other is to sing over each other. And so I want to sing over you like the Lord wants to sing over you. And so we hear God in worship. The next thing is we reflect heaven, which I think you guys spoke about last week where Revelation 7, 11 says all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God. Right now... In heaven, the whole crowd, they're doing their thing and they're worshipping God. So we're just getting ready. And so we are reflecting the presence of... We're reflecting what's going on up there, down here, which is great. And, you know, in Philippians 2, it talks about there will be a day when all creation will bow their knee and worship God. And so we're sort of, you know, preparing ourselves, getting our knees sort of worn, you know, ready bit of callous on there because we should be able to be on our knees um so we reflect heaven which is a wonderful thing last one um in worship god breaks in and i think god loves to do that it's interesting isn't it because in some respects we our worship is a gift that we bring to the lord but in other respects, God is doing so much in that place because for him, he doesn't need our worship. He delights in our worship. Um, and so as we bring it, he just delights in it. And so as scripture says, God is always at work. And so there's always things that God is going to be doing in that place. So um, Romans 12 um, Verse 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Um, worshippers is what we are becoming. It's not... Worship is not... I'm trying to... I want to say this right. Like, worship is an activity of worshippers. God is calling us to become worshippers, not just people who worship for an hour on a Sunday. Does that make sense? So I believe God is calling us into a lifestyle of worship. In Scripture, it talks about that we are to pray continually. You've read that, yeah? And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And if, if, if for you, prayer is a formal, uh, dear Lord, um, it's great to be here. I've got a few things on my list. Can we just work them through? And then I'm going to say amen and then you're going to sort out the list. Thanks very much. Love you. Um, um, 
if that's how our prayer is, great, but it's probably our prayer is a little bit more continuous than that. Would it? Would that, as we get older um, or more on in our years with the Lord, we realise that our prayer is an activity of our life, that whether we are on the train, in the bus, in the shower, preparing dinner, helping the kids with their homework, life is a constant prayer and so is therefore our worship. Um, we worship God in all aspects of our life, no matter where we are. We recognise God's constant presence in our lives, in the circumstances of our days and so we just choose to worship. And maybe it's just a quick, Lord, thank you. Um, Lord, oh, isn't that amazing? And, and re remembering what God is doing in worship. I'm remembering not to put God back on the throne in our lives, but to remember that God is on the throne of our lives. And I believe the, the, the battle that we have and what the worship is so good for is recognising that God is, that the enemy is constantly trying to distract us from realising that God is on the throne of our lives. And so that's why we worship. Um, so when we gather, we spend time to worship, it's an activity that rom reminds us where God is. And so we will continue to worship. And what we do on a Sunday here is special because it's together and, um, and so we want to keep doing it. We always want to do it. In the vineyard, that's why we begin. The first thing we do whenever we get together is worship because we know it's priority. We know that it's vital that we remember again God is on the throne in our lives. God's not on the throne in everybody's life, but he's, in, he's on the throne in our lives and his place there makes our life the very best it can be. And so we want to keep reminding ourselves because you know what? When we stop worshipping, we begin to forget that and live like God isn't on the throne. And then we worry, we fear, we, have, we are anxious, we're concerned about things that are small. Do you know what I mean? And all of us have been there. I'm done. Um, how are you? you? You have been remarkable tonight. You have really led us very well. Um, I asked Dan if we could do another song, but I want to do something weird. Do you remember a story about Moses um, and the burning bush? Okay, all of us did that at some point in our lives. What did God ask Moses to do? Okay, why? Yeah. I like tonight, like even before, while you, you know how we were doing that stuff before? It was like we're on holy ground. This is God's presence. Um, so I feel like I'd like to do two things. One, if it's okay with you, to say, could we take off our shoes and put it? And it's interesting, when you go on country with Aboriginal people, they will often ask you, in a welcoming ceremony to take your shoes off because they have learnt something very special about connecting with the ground because, well, it's the place that God has us. And so can you... You don't have to if you don't want to. 
But if you would like to take your shoes off as a sign of going, Lord, I recognise this is holy ground. Now, I gave you a list of things that God does in worship. Now, did I actually say God heals? <gasps> I didn't. One thing that I, I wanted to include on my list is that in worship, God heals us. And it happens all the time. God brings healing. So we fight, we repent, we recognize that God is drawing us to that place of intimacy up on his lap. We hear God, we reflect heaven, and God breaks in and God heals in worship. All of that stuff's going on in worship. And so I'd like to, these guys are going to choose a song that we're going to sing. Um, in, early, in our early experience in the vineyard, we were told um, when you pray, you pray with your eyes open and when you worship, you worship with your eyes closed. Fun, huh? Which is completely the other way around of how we used to normally do these things, didn't we? We pray with our eyes closed and worship with our eyes open. But I'll, let's just swing that around. We're going to have a time of worship and I want to encourage us, because I'm going to include myself, is just to... Rather than thinking about trying to sing, now you may not sing because you don't need to or want to, but let is, let's worship the Lord and be open to what the Lord's doing and um, in you in this moment. And you may feel you want to sing over the person next to you. So put your hand on them and sing over them. You may just want to let the worship wash over you. You may want to get on your knees and repent. You, you may present the healing that you need before the Lord and say, Lord, I need to be healed. Is that all right? I'm going to take my shoes off. So let's stand. I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship.